Hey everyone, thank you for joining us for this series we're calling Christmas Crazy. It's in the midst of the craziness of Christmas that Jesus shows up. And when Jesus shows up, he brings love and peace and joy and connection and salvation. We hope that you enjoy this teaching. And before you log off, wherever you're watching from and whenever you're watching, we'd love to hear from you. Go to branchlife.church and check in with us there by clicking the check-in at the bottom of the page. We hope that you'll stay to the end. I have a few reminders for you after this teaching is done. But wherever you are and whenever you're watching, we hope you have a very Merry Christmas. Christmas Eve, here we are. The shopping malls, the wish lists, and the online deliveries are all but behind us. The Christmas cards, the outdoor lights, and the wrapped presents are ready. And here we are now on Christmas Eve. And God, we turn toward you because we need you. We need you to give us the vision to see this child more clearly than ever before. We need your spirit to help us experience him as grace and truth wrapped in humanity. Because in Jesus, you are displaying your love for the world. In him, you are proving your faithfulness to all generations, including ours. And here we are, God, surrendering, hoping, waiting and leaning into the perfect love that our souls were created for. And we need you. So Father, 
please meet us here on this Christmas Eve. Well, good evening and welcome to our Christmas Eve candlelight service. It is kind of an amazing uh, thought to, to think that the, the God of the universe is going to meet us here in this moment as we worship together. Uh, I'm, my name is Scott. I'm one of the pastors here at Branch Life, and this is my wife, Brooke. <laughs> good evening. We are so glad that you are here. We know that it is Christmas Eve, and we are honored that you would spend an hour with us. We are excited to be able to worship with you. That's one of my favorite things to sing uh, the Christmas carols, and so we look forward to doing that. And I just want to encourage you, we have your um, connection cards, they're right in front of you, and so if you would be willing to fill those out, that just helps us to know who you are, get to know you, and then also you have a chance to be able to share prayer requests, and Pastor uh, Josh is going to be talking a little bit more about that later in the service, but we are so glad that you are here this evening. We're especially glad to meet a lot of first-time Connections with Branch Life, and if this is your first time here, a very special greeting. Uh, we, we love meeting you, and we want you to, to know about us as well. We've got a little video to introduce our church in just a, a minute or so, but uh, want to let you know of another possibility is as you worship this evening, if you think, hey, maybe I, I might want to learn a little bit more about Branch Life, we're having what we call our starting point class on the 14th and the 21st of January, I almost said July, that would be a little early to let you guys know about, but uh, next month in January on Sunday night, there's dinner and childcare included, and so if you're cheap, you can almost count it like as a date. Uh, we'd love, love to have you come and join and, and learn more about Branch Life. Uh, for our church family, we're so grateful for your partnership with us through the year. And as you give generously, and we're excited to see how our year-end giving uh, will advance the mission of Branch Life Church uh, into 2024, you can, you can make those gifts if you want to worship through giving this evening on the, in the offering boxes on your way out. We do uh, are glad that you're here, and we want to just take a few seconds here to introduce Branch Life through this video. Well, I just realized I left my microphone in the other part of the building, <laughs> so I am still scrambling. No, we are so glad that you've joined us. My name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors here at Branch Life, and uh, as Scott and Brooke said, it's just an honor for us to have you if you're a guest for the first time or if you're a regular part of our church family. We are better together, and we believe that as a church. We're better together with Christ, we're better together with one another, and we're better together in our community. One of the, the favorite things that we do as you connect with us here at Branch is we love coming alongside community partners who are doing good work in our community. Just this last week, Anchored Ministry over in the Elverson-Morgantown area put on a big Christmas extravaganza providing over 400 kids with everything they needed for Christmas. We've also connected with the Pottstown Area Children's Foundation to provide 250 families with 
full food boxes, groceries for Christmas week and for Christmas dinner, as well as toys for those kids. And that's just some of what we get to be a small part of in our community. And if you go to our website under the Created for Good Works page, you'll see dozens of our community partners, whether it's Anchored Ministries, uh, Boyertown Multi-Services, Costco is one of our partners, Liberty Thrift Ministries, we're connected with Operation 143, uh, we're connected with our, our camp partners, Sankanak, Anaba, and High Point, the schools, the ONJ School District, the Pottstown School District, we're connected with the area police departments. As a matter of fact, in 2024, one of our goals is to thank our area police departments by hosting a community event out and about in our community and working together with all of our community partners just to do a, a community-wide thank you. One of the reasons is the police departments worked really hard to catch an escaped prisoner like two seconds from here uh, this past year. And we just think that's amazing, the work that they did to keep us safe during that. And so we, we are thankful for those community partners and many, many others, whether they're helping serve families in need, helping with food insecurity, helping with homelessness and crisis response. Uh, other organizations include Orion and Open Hearth and Leanne's Ferries. And there, there's so many of those organizations that we are so thankful for. So if you are a part or if you volunteered with one of our community partners, and maybe I mentioned you guys, maybe I didn't, uh, but you've coordinated with them or with us to do some good work in the community this last year, whether you're a, a, a teacher in the school district, one of our government officials, Chester County, Pottstown, Phoenixville, uh, Montgomery County, or beyond, uh, if you work and help serve underprivileged families or have volunteered at one of those events I mentioned, would you please stand? Any of our community partners, please stand. We are so thankful for you. Let's give these guys a round of applause. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Well, we, we are excited to gather on this Christmas Eve and, and worship the reason for the season. This is the moment where we recognize that God sent his one and only son, the Savior of the world, to us. And so let's praise him together with some of the songs of the season. Will you stand together as we worship?
This week I was listening to a podcast named uh, The DeLorean Philosophy, and it was making the point about how much effort we put into generating joy at Christmas. And the presents that we buy, the events that we go to, the lights that we may put on a tree or our house, and, and all of these different things because, because we want an experience of joy. And, and the podcast made the point that, that perhaps what we need to remember at Christmas, and Christmas is uniquely equipped to help us remember, is that joy comes not so much from the activity that we do, but from the fact that God sent his son to bring joy to our world, that we can have life with him and have joy. <laughs> and as we read uh, the Christmas story this evening from, from Luke chapter 2, I want you to to think about this as an announcement, a reminder that God has entered in so that we might have joy. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea. To the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and lied him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. And in the same region there was shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. 
And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen as it had been told them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to do that as well tonight, to rejoice in you, to glory, to think, to wonder at the marvel of Jesus' birth. God, that he's our Savior, the light of the world. In his name we pray. Amen.
some carols. Stop. 
just a moment, we're going to sing a few more songs of the season. Just wanted to pause and, and uh, maybe ask you this question. I don't, have you ever met anyone that's kind of like all in for Christmas all the time? And, and maybe you are dressed with the most lights and the most Christmas gear tonight because that's you. You're like Mr. or Mrs. Christmas. There was a family that I heard about this week that was all into Christmas. Mom was into Christmas, the four kids were into Christmas, and they were ready to go all out. The only problem was dad was not that into Christmas. He just didn't think it was worth all the effort to go to all the fuss for all the lights and all, all the extra craziness that happens in our Christmas time. So when the kids were young, dad made a specific intentional decision that he would invest his time and effort into something that he thought was worth it during the Christmas season, and that was helping others. And so every Christmas, Dad would, by himself, plan some sort of project that he would take care of all the logistics for. So if it was helping a family in need and getting them the presents, he would take care of all that. If it was signing up to help uh, with a food program or at a worship service or whatever it might be, he was the one that would put that together. And when Christmas morning would show up, he would write the details for that project down in a white envelope, and he would place that white envelope in the tree. All the kids would gather the next morning and open their presents, and he'd he'd always pull out the white envelope and say, we have one more gift to give somebody else. They would figure out, they would learn that morning what the project was. Some Christmases, that meant they would get in the car and go help a family and do a project that day, or it would be something that they would work on later in the year, but it became known as Dad's White Envelope. And as the kids grew, the tradition stayed. And every year they would look for that white envelope in the tree and, and they would then work together to, to make Christmas special for another family. Well, the kids eventually grew up and they left the house and they would come back and always remember the white envelope until one year, a, a difficult year for the family, Dad passed away. And for many of us that have experienced loss, we understand that that first Christmas season, apart from our loved one, is difficult. And Christmas snuck up on them, and all the emotions of Christmas happened. And and Christmas Eve, Mom realized that, oh, we should do the white envelope. And so she spent Christmas Eve, without her kids knowing, prepping Christmas for another family. She took care of all the logistics like dad did and got, got all the pr- extra presents for the family and had loaded them in the car and she wrote everything in the white envelope and, and she thought when my kids come back with the grandkids tomorrow for Christmas day, dad's white envelope will be in the tree and she stuck it in the tree late that night, made her way up to bed. She got up on Christmas morning and came back down the stairs To find her house filled with her family. Her four kids had come with all the grands. And when she looked at the Christmas tree, there wasn't one white envelope. There was five. Each of the kids had had taken care of a Christmas project in honor of dad that Sunday. As we've been traveling through a season of grief ourselves, both personally as a family and as a church... Three weeks ago, we had the funeral for Pastor Bill, one of our pastors, who is also my dad. And I've learned uh, through the season uniquely some of the difficulties of this happening around Christmas time, but also how important it is to take a moment and grieve. And it's okay during the Christmas celebrations to have moments of tears and laughter that somehow, some way mix together. And we are grieving as a family. 
and as a church family, but we're also celebrating our Lord and Savior. Months and months ago, before any of this took place here at Branch, we planned for the month of January to be a month where we talk together about grief. In a series that we're calling Good Grief. In John chapter 3, one of the most famous chapters in the Bible, God says this, as Moses was lifted up, as, excuse me, and as Moses lifted up the certain serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. You see, before the most famous verse in the Bible, God tells us why he would send his son. And he was talking about the fact that someday Jesus, the Son of Man, would be placed on a cross and would have to die. And as God the Father, in that moment, is expressing to us that he understands our grief. Yet he is working out the brokenness of our grief for good. Because the very next verse says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I want to personally invite you wherever you are in your faith journey. Whether you're in a season of grief or not. To join us for January's teachings, each of those Sundays, in a series we're calling Good Grief. And if you know someone that could be encouraged by this series, would you take one of these cards and invite them to be a part of it? You can join us online, whether you're watching from a distance tonight or in person through the month of January. Here's the series bumper.
Thank you so much, Worship Collective. If you have your Bible, chapter 2. You don't need to have a Bible with you. Uh, uh, but while you're looking, if you want to uh, answer the assignment, in Luke chapter 2, here's the challenge. See how many miracles you can find in the passage we read, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. How many miracles are there? While you're looking for that, let me just ask a question. How many of you tonight, tomorrow, are hosting Christmas at your house. You're hosting something Christmas. Presents, meals, something like that. How many of you are hosting Christmas this weekend? How many of you, by raise of hand, are not ready yet, right? You're not quite ready yet. See, time is ticking, right? Like, in the midst of the Christmas crazy, this really sneaks up. I may or may not still be watching my Amazon order tracker, right, for Christmas presents for the morning. Like, it's I, I ordered it with plenty of advance notice two days ago, and it's still not here, and I don't understand why this is happening to me, right? It's, it's the midst of the Christmas crazy that we are in, and you made it to the, the 5 o'clock candlelight service, and I want you to rest while you're here and just breathe. I'm not trying to stress you out, but some of you are stressed out right now, right? Like, some of you are, like, totally freaking out because it's crazy, and this happens every year. And, and the Christmas crazy has been happening since the very first Christmas. If you have your, your Bibles, you can see the craziness that was happening in the first Christmas. And here's what we learned from Luke chapter 2, what was true in the very first Christmas and what's true at this Christmas today over 2,000 years later, that in the midst of the Christmas crazy, that's when Jesus shows up. 
That's when Jesus shows up. Now, think about the first Christmas and put yourself in Mary and Joseph's shoes, right? Mary was announced nine months ago from the first Christmas by an angel. An angel showed up and said, Mary, you're going to have a baby. And Mary said, excuse me, Mr. Angel, um, I am a virgin. And he goes, not a problem. It's going to be a virgin birth. God's going to take care of everything. And she said, well, okay, but... Would you mind sending like angels to all my friends and all my family and everyone in my neighborhood and just tell them what you told me because no one's going to believe that this is a virgin baby, right? This is, and she knew that she wasn't the only, right, we're not the only ones with judgmental friends and family and neighbors, right? Like that's a thing and people were looking at Mary and she's like, oh my word, I, I swear, right? It's a miracle. And they're like, right, Mary. And Joseph is like, Mary? what's going on and and God's like okay send Joseph an angel so an angel came to Joseph and said Joseph it's a miracle baby and Joseph was like I'm all in with this and so they went all in with this pregnancy that was stressful right it's the son of God and nobody else knows it and they're traveling through this time and they're in Nazareth right and she had gotten everything ready for the baby in Nazareth she had she had the nursery all done and she knew it was a boy because she was told it was going to be Jesus Emmanuel so she had a camo themed nursery right and it was all de decked out for baby Jesus and then the man entered in you know who the man is right the government the government came in and said you have to go to Bethlehem you can't stay here because we want to count you. Okay. So they had to all of a sudden travel to Bethlehem. Now she's nine months pregnant and they get a donkey and she rides the donkey to Bethlehem. How many of you rode a donkey here tonight? Anybody? Anyone? Do you know why? Because that's terrible way to travel, right? Nobody likes traveling by mule, especially someone who is seven, excuse me, nine months pregnant. I was watching The Chosen as they're like uh, uh, reenacting this Christmas story and Mary's riding on the donkey and she finally says to Joseph, Joseph, just let me walk. And he's like, why? And she's like, because the donkey's uncomfortable. I don't like this. It's crazy. And then they get to Bethlehem and you know how more craziness happens. Like there's no room in the inn. You've got to go to the barn. And so they send them to the barn where there's a manger and it's dirty and there's other animals. And they get in there and Mary goes, Joseph. And Joseph goes, what, Mary? And she goes, Joseph. And Joseph goes, what, Mary? And she goes, Joseph. And Joseph goes, oh, Mary, right? Like this is happening. You're having the baby now in the barn? She's like, yes. And she had in the midst of this craziness baby Jesus, and Jesus showed up. And here, there's, there's two things that happen every time Jesus shows up. And this happens all through scripture, and it still happens to this day. Every time Jesus shows up first, he's surrounded by the miraculous. There are miracles that follow Jesus all through scripture, especially when he was alive. We saw miracle after miracle after miracle. But even in the day of Jesus' birth, there were all kinds of miracles that were, were announcing what was going to happen. And then Jesus was here and he lived and he, he did miracles to prove who he was, not the least of which raising from the dead. When he comes back again, there's going to be all kinds of more miracles. But when Jesus appeared, in, when Jesus showed up in the first Christmas in Luke chapter 2, how, how many miracles did you find while I was talking? Well, there's, by my count, at least five, maybe six miracles in there, and, and, po and possibly more. As you start traveling down Luke 2, he says everyone had to be taxed, and so they went to their, 
their, their hometowns. And, and what we learn there is that Mary is the great-great-great-granddaughter of King David. And a hundred, hundreds of years before, the, the prediction was that the Messiah would be born from the line of David, not in Nazareth, but in Bethlehem. So he would be of Nazareth, but born in Bethlehem. And so when the baby was born in this town, the town they weren't planning to have the baby in, that's a miracle. The baby being of the line of David, that's a miracle. And these shepherds are out there minding their own business, and all of a sudden, here's another miracle. An angel shows up. And if you're a shepherd, you freak out in this moment, right? Because angels aren't normal. That's miraculous. And the angel said, right, He said, I bring you good news of great joy, for unto us is born this day in the city of David, right, the lineage thing, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Good news of great joy, and this Savior is going to bring peace on earth. Well, that's a miracle, right? Peace on earth, and he's going to save us. That's a miracle. And then the other miracle, the fifth or sixth one, if you're keeping track, was not only was there one angel, but all of a sudden there was an army of angels singing glory to God in the highest peace on earth, goodwill to men. You see, when Jesus shows up in the midst of the Christmas crazy, the miraculous happens. And when people see the miraculous around Jesus, they follow him. When people see the miraculous attached to Jesus, they believe in him. They, they trust him. The second thing that happens when Jesus shows up is he brings gifts. The reason we exchange gifts at Christmas is not because the wise men gave Jesus gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It's because Jesus has given to us joy, peace, contentment, rest, salvation. And we've been talking about the gifts that Jesus brings here at Branch over the last few weeks. And we'll talk about it again next week. And we'd encourage you to check some of those out if you haven't been able to participate with us on those. They're all online. But the gifts that Jesus brings are amazing. And the salvation gift is the gift that we're focusing on this evening. So my question to you tonight is, have you received these gifts from Jesus? And when is the last time you saw a miracle? The most miracles I've ever seen in one day happened three weeks ago when my father passed. For those of you that that don't know the story, uh, my dad, Pastor Bill, passed away three weeks ago. Three weeks ago today we were doing his funeral and he passed away that Tuesday. Now, dad was not supposed to pass away three weeks ago. It was a, a shock to all of us. As a matter of fact, Just a few weeks before that, he's out here doing what Pastor Bill did every Sunday, and he's greeting every car that pulled up to the worship service. And if you've ever been here, you know that was like a lot of our favorite day. And he would stop traffic, and cars would be lined up out on Pewtown Road. And we're like, Dad, let him go through. He's like, no, I got to say hi. Hi, welcome to Branch Life Church. Here's a pamphlet, right? And he'd invite everybody in and give you the latest thing on his mind. I mean, he he just loved that. And, and that he was looking forward to this Christmas Eve to be able to do just that. And I imagine like right now he's in heaven directing traffic for like the angel candlelight service. He's like, angels over there, you know, here's a pamphlet, you know, he's giving all that stuff out. And, and dad, a, a few weeks before he passed, had fallen off his bike and he scraped his knee because he was biking and lifting weights and golfing like he was healthy as a horse. And 
he scraped his knee, and unbeknownst to any of us, that got infected. And after a week, uh, he ended up getting a blood infection, and that ended up taking him to the hospital. And, and while he was in the hospital, the doctors were saying to us, listen, antibiotics are going to need to get ahead of the infection, but when that happens, he's going to turn the corner, and he's going to be himself. He'll be back by Christmas parking cars. And that, that's kind of what we thought was going to happen. But then Tuesday, three weeks ago, happened. And while we were in the hospital uh, that, that day, we still didn't know he was going to pass, pass, pass away. We, we thought he was just going to pull through, and the doctors were telling us that. But then the mir miracles started happening. I remember on Tuesday morning, my dad's best friend in the world, a guy that he grew up with and he's known all his life, decided to come to the hospital. And he said to all of us, and we had like a no visitor thing. We thought it was just going to be a temporary thing. And he's like, I, I'm sorry. I, I know you said no visitors, but I just, I, I had to come. Something happened in my spirit and I had to come. I think that was God telling him to go visit his friend. And he, he got to spend some special moments together with my dad, and they got to talk together and see each other. And that was amazing. I was at a funeral service myself that Tuesday morning, and I remember sitting in the back row, and all of a sudden, for myself, as clear as it could possibly be, I knew that I had to go to the hospital. I wasn't going to go to the hospital that day because the, the flu was in our house, and we didn't want to take any germs to the hospital. But, but even in spite of that, I'm like, I have to go. And so I, I, I called Jen. I said, Jen, I'm going to change my plans. And I came, came home real quick. And she said, yeah, you need to go. She felt the same way. And, and I thought about my brother in South America. I have a twin brother, and he's a missionary in Chile, which is about a 24-hour trip to get from there to here. And he had been tracking with Dad, and he knew he was in the hospital, and he was asking if he should come home. And all of a sudden, I felt like we need to tell Jared to come home. And my sister sent the same message, not because we thought dad was dying, but we thought it would be good for him to come for mom. And so that, that moment before I went to the hospital, I got a hold of my brother, and I said, Jared, I think you should come. What do you think? He goes, I think I should come. And within 20 minutes, and here's another miracle, within 20 minutes, God provided plane tickets free of charge. How does that happen on the spur of the moment? And, and my brother was able to start the process of coming home. We still didn't think that dad was going to pass away. So that evening happened, and, and what was going on that we didn't know about was my dad was, was experiencing what's called septic shock. And he was going downhill pretty quickly on that Tuesday, and they got to the point where they said to us late in the evening, and we had a bunch of people praying, they said, hey, you need to bring family in. And so we did. We brought family in. And every family member who was stateside was able to be with dad that evening, including my dad's one and only sister who lives in the Carolinas, my cousin who's a pastor in Maryland. All of them were able to be there because God had miraculously lined it up before that day ever happened. We were praying in that moment and praying with my dad. And here's another miracle that took place. We were praying for one of two miracles. One, that dad would stabilize and turn the corner. Or two, that he would have the miracle of seeing Jesus. And that's the miracle that God gave us that day. Surrounded by family, dad breathed his last and he, he opened his eyes in heaven. And what a privilege to witness that miracle. But I immediately thought about my brother. 
who was somewhere 40, 50,000 feet in the air in an airplane. No cell service, no Wi-Fi. I'm gonna, the moment Dad stepped into heaven, I quickly p- shot him a text because I said, I, I really want him to hear it from me before he lands, which was going to be about 9 or 10 hours later. And when he lands, he'll get my text first, and then all the rest will come. The miracle that God gave us in that moment, in real time, there was one text that went through to the plane, to my brother's phone. And it was the text that I sent the moment my dad stepped into glory. A miracle. Now, I could probably talk for a few more hours about what we've seen God do before and now after dad's passing. And here's... Here's why I bring all of this up. Because of all of those miracles and others that we've seen God line things into place, God showed up in a very difficult day for all of us. And when I see these miracles, and I can't explain it any other way than God, Jesus, showing up in the midst of the craziness, my reaction to that is I've got to trust God. Who, who else should I trust? Who else has the, that power? Who else has that brings that hope and that peace who else has the uh, the miraculous ability to take care of us I've got to trust God with my dad I've got to trust God with my life I've got to trust God with my family he's the miracle maker he's the gift bringer and I'm all in with Jesus you see so many of us can get so busy with the things that are going on in life That we don't even notice the miracles that God is doing. But when we see those miracles, we believe. We believe in Jesus. We worship him and we share him with others. Several years ago, really good friends of ours named Rick and Sue Geis were inspired to create Woofie. Now Woofie is a gift that we're giving away this Christmas Eve to everybody who is fifth grade and under. And all of the 20, 30, 40, 50, 60-year-olds who went, oh, man, come on. Like, this is a great gift. Like, he's a cuddle thing. He's really, really a nice quality, quality dog. Rick and Sue uh, were wanting to create Woofie not just as a way to encourage people, and th- that's his whole purpose for existing, is to be able to give to other people who are, are hurting. But they also wanted to give the message of Jesus through the Woofie. And so, again, Years ago, they decided to get a hold of, of their pastor friend, Pastor Bill. And Pastor Bill, together with Rick and Sue, created the messages that Woofie would bring. And here's the messages that, that they're sending to everyone who receives a Woofie. First of all, message number one is Jesus loves you. What a great message. Am I right? No matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what's going on in your life, if you need to hear this tonight, here's a message from Woofie to you. Jesus loves you. He cares about you. He's walking with you. He loves you so much, right, the Bible says. For God so loved you, the world, that he gave his one and only son. The second message is simply this. Blessed are the feet of them that bring what? Good news. There's good news that we have to share, that in the midst of our brokenness, in the middle of this dying world with death and destruction and disaster, good news, Jesus has come to, Jesus has overcome the world. Jesus has victory over even death itself, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not 
perish, will not die, but have everlasting what? Life. Jesus came to give us life, eternal life and life more abundant. So on the collar of the woofy, you'll notice colored paw prints. And each of those colored paw prints carries a message. The red, excuse me, the black paw print represents our hearts that are dark with sin, our broken world. And, and the Bible's clear, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's why we need a Savior. And it's not too hard to see the brokenness in our world. But the next paw print, the red one, talks about the blood of Jesus that was, that was spilt on our behalf. Jesus died on that cross so that we could have salvation. He paid our price so that we could be saved. The next paw print is a white paw print. And when you believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, you will be saved. His righteousness is credited to you. And your dark heart is cleansed through the power of Jesus. The next paw print is a green paw print. And once you've received Jesus, you now get to grow in your relationship with him. And that's why we named the church Branch Life Church. A healthy, growing, green branch is connected to the life source, the vine. And if we're connected with Jesus, we will grow. And then that's the purple paw print. That stands for royalty. The Holy Spirit, the king of the universe, lives inside each and every believer to help us through this life. Until we get to the gold paw print, which represents heaven, where we will spend uh, our, our eternity in new heaven and new earth. That's the message of Wolfie. That's the message my dad believed. That's how we can have confidence that dad is doing parking duty in heaven right now. Because he believed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because when he was a young man, he saw Jesus. He saw the miraculous. And he put his faith and trust in Jesus to save him. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? The miracles of Christ are all around us. Here's my challenge to you today. In the midst of the Christmas crazy, first... See Jesus. Second, believe in Jesus. Third, if you've believed in Jesus, worship him with all your heart and with all your strength. And if you, if you have this hope, then fourth, share Jesus. And in just a moment, we will have one light turn into hundreds of lights tonight representing the light of the world being shared from believer to believer all around this world. Will you bow your head and close your eyes and pray with me? God, as we've gathered together in this place to remember and worship Christ our Savior on this Christmas Eve, would you help each of us in these moments to take a spiritual step forward? With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here tonight and, and you're not sure about your own personal salvation, maybe you've been hoping someday you would go to heaven, maybe you've been trusting in a religion or you've been going to church, the, tonight I want you to hear this loud and clear. There is one way to heaven and that's Jesus. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And in order to know for certain if you're saved, in order to be born again, it's simply a conversation that you have with God accepting the gift of salvation. And tonight, if you're not sure if you're saved, but you would like to make sure, in the quietness of the moment,
can I lead you in a prayer? And the prayer simply goes like this. Pray this silently as I pray it out loud. Dear God and Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin. I believe that Jesus came, that he died, and that he rose again for me. And Lord, this Christmas Eve, I want to accept you as my Savior. I want to accept the free gift of salvation. If you prayed that prayer in the quietness of the moment, the Bible says this. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. Today is the day of your salvation. God and Heavenly Father, would you call people to yourself tonight? And would you bring your children to a place where we can see you clearly, worship you, and share you with others? In your precious holy name we pray. Amen. In just a moment, our worship team is going to lead us in a song of invitation. And I want to encourage you to respond by filling out your check-in cards. If tonight you prayed to receive Jesus as your Savior, would you let us know that on the card? Just check that box. And, and we'd also want to ask you all a question tonight. What's the miracle that you're praying for? Maybe you're praying for a miracle. And what we want to do for you as a church is we want to pray for that miracle for you too. So if you put that on your card, we promise that we will have teams of people praying over this next week for that in your life. Put that on your card. If you have any questions about Branch or if you want to know more, this is a great way to check in. We'd like everybody to check in tonight, whether you use this card or whether you do the QR, which is very, very easy to do. And as you respond, respond in these three ways, God, or four ways. God, help me to see you. Help me to believe in you. Help me to worship you and help me to share you in the midst of the Christmas crazy. Will you stand and join in singing?
John 8, 12 says, Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Christmas reminds us uh, that Jesus uh, came. His Father sent his Son, Jesus, and gives us the Holy Spirit. It's the, the Trinity. And part of the, the identity of the Trinity is that forever, before anything existed, God was eternally loving, eternally giving life, and eternally giving light. Uh, and, and as we share in the light this evening, it reminds us that, that even though our sin messes up our experience of, of God's love and life and light, he sent his son Jesus so that we can have a way to experience those things again. We invite you to worship as we sing Silent Night and remind us that, that once we've received this light, it's our duty to pass it on.
Father, we come to you with grateful hearts that you sent your son Jesus, Lord, at his birth, so that we could have salvation, so that we could have life, so that we could have love, so that we could have light with you forever. It's in his name that we pray and celebrate this Christmas. Ask this, amen. Thank you for joining us and celebrating Christmas. We trust that uh, whether you're getting together with family and friends tonight, whatever the weekend or the tomorrow may hold, that Jesus will be at the center of it. Uh, we invite you to turn those check-in cards and the offering boxes on the way out. Have a great Christmas. Thank you for being here. Good night. Man, I hope that talk was an encouragement to you. And we have one special request for you. No matter where you are or when you're watching, we'd love to hear from you. Go to branchlife.church and click the check-in link at the bottom of the page and let us know what this talk has meant to you. It would be a giant encouragement to us. And I hope that you survive the craziness of Christmas. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, have a very Merry Christmas. We'll see you next time.